With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for tolerating my kind of weird schedule lately. I really appreciate it. Excuse me just a second. It is a pleasure to be here this morning and to talk to you about the idea that God or love is always there with you. You know, before we do anything else, just say that aloud to yourself. God is always here with me. I am not alone. I am always all one. What a refreshing topic. What a liberating topic. What a calming topic. We're going to spend some time talking about the idea that we spend so much time judging ourselves as inadequate. We spend so much time worrying about what others are thinking of us that we miss out on the beauty of now on this moment. Kind of a big topic and actually kind of the topic I talk about every Sunday when I do do a program. So no matter what, it's going to work out. No matter what, it's going to work out. Because you've made it to this point. And in this moment, you are free to define yourself however you want to, to be whomever you choose to be. And the way we deal with the past is many-fold. And I probably will read again for the umpteenth time something from the shack. But the reality is, the way we define ourselves in the moment is who we are. And each and every one of us can say aloud, that may have been who I was, but that is not who I am. Hmm. Wow, so I've been away for quite a while. My gosh, I looked at it and it's like six weeks. About two, almost three of those weeks, I was traveling. I went, I did my run. Yes, I did. I did my 5K. And I feel so proud of that, although I didn't run. I will admit it. I have to be honest. My gosh, when you're on show talking about God, you have to be honest. When you're in life talking about yourself, you have to be honest because there is nothing about you that is shameful in the end. 
because sitting here right now in this moment, everything you've experienced was necessary to bring you to this place where you are, to make you who you are right now listening to this show. And quite seriously, I doubt that there's anyone listening to this show, but the numbers do pick up throughout the week and throughout the nights. And so I'm just going to believe that that's the case. That w- And even if only one person listened, I would be back. Because I have something to say to that one person, obviously, that they need to hear. So anyway, everything you've experienced has brought you to who you are. So back to running. I could have run, I really do believe I could have run the 5K. I guess I have a little over three miles or just about three miles. <clears throat> the deal was, is that my daughter uh, thought we should do a four-mile walk. I do apologize. So I thought that um, I could, you know, probably if, people were walking, I would be able to run. No, 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 no. It was a very fast walk. Uh, There was no room for running. And I came to realize that my run is probably just about most people's fast walks, but that's okay. I'm okay with that because I did it. I walked four miles, and that gave me such a sense of accomplishment. A sense of achievement And then I went off and I went with a friend to watch her grandchildren uh, swim in a swim meet in in Arizona, which was very hot. And uh, then I was in Santa Fe, which is very spiritual for me. can't speak for anyone else. Watched a friend graduate from college. Congratulations, Mary Jane. I'm so proud for you and of you. What an accomplishment. I thought about life and about who I am and what I want to be and who I am going to be. Where am I going to go? What do I want to do? I'm at a crossroads in life, as many of you may be. I think we are every day at a crossroads. Who are we and where are we going? And I spent some time thinking about that while I wasn't doing the radio show. I would wake up and I gave myself permission not to do the show. A fairly significant permission, I agree. But I wanted to spend some time. And now I'm back. And I've taken breaks before and come back, and sometimes I've taken a long time to come back. And God has sent me an email from a listener saying, why did you stop talking? And then I would pause and I would think, why did I stop talking about God? Because if I could do something, anything in life, more than anything else, I would want to talk about how much we are loved by God just the way we are. That there's no obstacle course. There's no ritual. You don't have to listen to this show. You don't have to read a book. You don't have to say all the right words. 
Because in your downside, you are providing each and every one of us a chance to be our higher self in responding to you. And in your upside, you are modeling for us about God's love for those who are not perfect, which is each and every one of us. So it's nice to be back. It's nice to feel the energy of those who have been here and those who will be coming. Right now, I am sitting in my prayer room and I am about to light some incense. I do that because it is something that reminds me of very fragrant, very fragrant images. I do it because somehow for me, now I've developed my own ritual, it is the, the light of the lighter. It used to be we used matches. Now it's the lighter. I do it because it creates the moment for me. And that's what I encourage each and every one of you to do. Do whatever is necessary to create the moment for you. Now, when I was traveling, I picked up some things that are are just like tokens for me because I I love all of the religious tokens and symbols, all of the natural combinations that bring us together. I don't have a preference one for the other. Um, if you're looking at the pictures, you probably see that I I have some Buddhas, maybe a lot of Buddhas. Um, I feel that I grew up in the Buddhist of Christian faith, Methodism. And in that faith, I was encouraged, uh, I believe all were encouraged, to love others the way we love ourselves, but to not become involved in trying to make others into ourselves. And it is from that core basic beginning that I have evolved to who I am today. And I was encouraged to bless the moment that I was in. And so when I stumbled across some Buddhist uh, writings about, uh, you know, the tree in the garden, have you heard that story? When people um, were trying to find a leader for the Buddhist church in um, China, as the story goes, they asked, why did Siddhartha come to China? And they invited people to apply for the position of being the leader of the church. And what was very significant about this process was many people lined up and went through the process and answered questions and all. It's very much like a vetting today or applying for a position today. Everybody was asked the same questions and everyone had a chance. And then this one young man was asked that question. He said, the tree in the garden. 
Now, what is significant about the tree that was in the garden is Buddhism had been in China for a very long time at that point. And the tree in the garden was a new tree. It was budding in all of its glory. It was beautiful, exquisite at that moment. But it wasn't there when Siddhartha came, when Buddhism came to China. But it was beautiful in that moment. And he was selected. Because, my friends, that is all we have is this moment. The next moment is upon us immediately almost. And we have that moment. And we can look around us and see the beauty of the moment. And you can tether that to a religious belief or you cannot. Those are your choices, not mine. I'm not here today nor any day to tell you how to worship God. I am here simply to tell you God loves you just as you are. I am here to tell you that politics aside, each and every one of us is loved by God. I'm here to encourage you to decide on your own tokens, your own rituals, and to allow those to steep your life with God's love, bowing not in expectation of gaining the love, but bowing your head in recognition, you are loved. With that said, I think that right now would be a very good time for us to listen to Aniles Be Still Thy Soul. It's only three minutes and 40 seconds. Most people think they don't have enough time to meditate to be quiet and just sit in a spot, one, all one with God. I'm going to challenge you to spend this next three minutes and 40 seconds doing that. And I'm going to give you a little guidance for those who have never done it before. And for those who have done it a million times, then you should prepare for your own method. There is no right way to come to God because God is there with you already. We are of the body and the body is one. There is no one more important to God and there is no one less important to God. Each and every one of us is enough. So with that said, place yourself in a comfortable position. And I'm not sure what that position will be for you. For some people, it's laying down. For me, if I lay down, I'll go to sleep. I don't know why. It's like laying down and sleeping, you know? I apologize. There were fires in New Mexico. If 
for some people, it's sitting cross-legged. I used to sit cross-legged all the time until I had my hip uh, surgery. Uh, no replacement, just a broken hip and a rod. And I haven't quite got back to crossing the legs and sitting in a meditative posture anymore. But I loved that posture. It gave me such peace. Some people like to sit in a chair with their feet flat on the floor. Some people sit with their legs straight out. Sit, lay, go to the position that you feel most comfortable for allowing your mind to wander into the presence of God. And before we turn on the music, so I'm going to actually give you three minutes and 40 seconds of silence. For some of you, it's going to be fidgety and thoughts are going to come into your mind. And for those people, put those thoughts off on the side. Let them be managed by your meditation. Now, you will only allow your mind to be consumed with the love of God, with knowing that you are loved just as you are. I encourage you to take your first big breath. Now, some people get so caught up in the prana, the breath, that they cannot focus on anything but breath. And I recognize that that is a technique that works for some. And if it works for you, use it. I have found that when I get thinking about the breath only, I start worrying about the breath and thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. So instead what I do is I take sips in like a singer takes in sips. So I will start with a solid breath, but then I will begin to pull that breath up the front of my calves, up the front of my thighs, crossing over to my tailbone. And now I'm going to ignite my chakras. The divining rod that signals to the God that is around me that I am now opening myself to God's presence. I'm deliberately avoiding using pronouns to describe God because I have been raised in a generation that feels most comfortable saying he but in so doing, I've just completed a novel and uh, studying a little bit about some of the other faiths. And I'm coming to realize that by using that word, I may be, in some people's minds, uplifting a part of our human existence, our sex, that is not relevant to God at all. So today and for days to come, I will endeavor to say God or love, because that's what we're talking about, love. And so as you begin to pull the breath of love into your body, because you're going to unite ultimately your breath with love's breath, with God's breath. As you move chakras, I would like you to release the energy, the negative energy that they hold, and the positive energy that they hold for your benefit. So as you come past the base chakra, Sabinian breath, I'd like you to release all of the negative energy, all of the fear that is around you. For this moment, for this next few minutes, for this next hour, 
There is nothing to fear. We are going to spend time with God. So as you bring your fearless breath up and you start moving through your chakras, you're going to come to that zone that's just below your stomach area, move into your sexual, your groin area, the sacral chakra. In the sacral chakra area, that is the zone of creativity, not just the creation of life, in human form, but also the creation of life in the form of ideas, of adventures, of life, of existence. And I'd like you to nurture those ideas and allow those ideas, that creative zone, to approach this next hour or several minutes fear-free. All things are possible. You are loved. Now, pulling your breath, your fearless, creative breath now, you're going to come into the stomach zone, the solar plexus. And in that zone is the zone of healing. It's a yellow color, and I would like you to imagine that yellow color now coursing through your body, healing you of all of the effects of dis-ease, disconnection from God and fear. Now continuing to fill your lungs, let us come up with fearless, creative healing energy to the heart. I can't speak about other people's hearts, but my heart has been so broken and shattered for so long that I tend to block access And I'm going to encourage each of you to thrust back your shoulders, whether you are like me or you are not like me. And I want you to send forth love. Love reciprocated is wonderful, but first you must love yourself. And when you love yourself, you love yourself enough to love others. So now send forth fearless, creative, healing, loving energy as though a big stanchion, a big bolt of light is coming from your chest. Now pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving breath up, I want you to come to your voice chakra, your throat chakra. Oh my Keep sipping in. It's okay. Let's pause there for a moment. Words are so dynamic. They can heal and they can inflame a situation. They can start wars and they can guide peace. Let us forgive those who have harmed us with their words. Let us release with our fearless, creative, healing, loving energy. Let us release into the universe the pain we feel from having been misunderstood, from words that have been spoken about us that are not true. And let us ignite in ourselves a commitment to use our words well, 
In the inimitable words of Don Miguel Reese, the author of The Four Agreements, let us be impeccable with our words, speaking neither poorly of ourselves nor of others. And as you feel the healing energy of that thought taking over and your body beginning to lighten, you are coming you are coming into the recognition that God is present with you. Now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving yourself and others' energy up. Your third eye, the zone of manifestation. And while sitting in the third eye, imagine yourself feeling enough Believing you have enough. Letting go of the scramble to be more than enough. Imagine yourself being kind because you are fearless, creative, healed, loved, forgiven. And now pulling the energy, the fearless, creative, loving, healing, forgiving, manifesting breath up. Act as though you're opening the top of your head and allow your breath now to join the breath of God. Feel your breath moving through the piper tubing, joining inch by inch completely where breathing is no longer an issue because it's coming like a fluid through your body, up your dividing rod, your chakras, to mingle with the breath of God. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am loved. Let's get a rhythm going here. It only takes three breaths to join with God so you could and to feel the presence of God around you. You can do it anywhere. So let's do one more. Pulling the breath up the front of your calves, up the front of your thighs, crossing over, and now pull us fearless, creative, healing, Loving, forgiving, manifesting, joined breath. Giving, manifesting, divinely inspired. Joining your breath with God's breath. Feel God's presence around you. And reach out your hand and hold the hand of God as we begin to play 
and I have be still thy soul. I am loved. Three minutes, 40 seconds. Oh, 
We are enough. We are enough. We are enough. I am enough. I am enough. I am enough to call on God in just three minutes and 40 seconds to sit calmly embraced by God. But how many three minutes and 40 seconds a day do we give to God, to ourselves, a divine recognition that we are important enough? How often do we spend time pulling God into our lives, in some instances, our nightmares? My young grandson last night, who has cerebral palsy, told me that he asks God always to help him, but he doesn't believe that God is hearing him. So many times, my friends, we don't hear God's response because it is not the response we want. We are looking for a choice, a decision that manifests what we believe is right for us in life. And yet there is so much more to life than we can perceive. And God is a part of all of the parts. So that during those moments when we don't get things exactly the way we want them to be, we have a choice. We can be the student of God's love or we can be a teacher of God's love. We can react and go running off and be angry or do this or do that or get behind the scenes and try to manipulate and control and maneuver. Wow. We can make ourselves God, I guess, huh? Or alternatively, and in doing that, we become the student. We become the person who can, who is going to have to experience the pain of an out-of-control life, an un-God-connected life, even though God is there. It's important, it is necessary for us to recognize God is in the room. Read the book of Job. God is in the room. So as we're flailing about at life, as we're acting out and trying to change what is, We lose sight of the moment in which we are living. And when we disconnect from the present, we disconnect from God. Yes, I'm standing up. If you could hear it in my myself as I heave myself up from the chair and go across to the bookcase, the shack. So as we are students in life, As we are students 
we are not accepting that God has a grander plan for us. And in our lack of acceptance, we are creating chaos around us. We are not in the present because we are so busy playing God. At all levels, it's not just on the ground, on the top levels that we see this, it's on the ground level, trying to manipulate it so that it's what we want it to be. Instead of relaxing and letting it be what God knows it should be. Instead of relaxing in the moment and trusting that we are loved, Let me tell you, folks, these words mean so much to me on a personal level. I don't prepare for our presentations. I pray and let God speak through me. And so when we're in that time, when something is not the way we want it to be, then at that point, at that point, we become students and we will continue to be students having life lessons until we remember and recognize that God is in the room with us. And I have a hint on how to deal with that and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about it today. Now, if you haven't read The Shack, some of you might not want to read The Shack because it is a book that's grounded in Christianity. You know, my friends, there are many, many good ideas out there. And all paths lead to God. There is no one right path. And that is a human construct needing to have their religion, my religion, be the only religion, be the one true religion. I've already told you multiple times today, God is with each and every one of us. Therefore, God doesn't care what religion we have at all. So I hope that you don't keep a title from causing you to pursue an idea that will bring you peace and joy with God. I talked earlier about Miguel, Don Miguel Ruiz. He's a Toltec. But his four agreements are remarkable. And they are focused on living in the moment. And this book, The Shack, which is written by William Paul Young, is remarkable on living in the present. And this involves a conversation between the uh, main character, Mac, and Jesus. And in the past, I've just called Jesus love because I haven't wanted people to not hear the message because of the messenger. But I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to do that. Instead, in my program... You can be Islamic, you can be Jewish, you can be Christian. You can be a member of a coven, you can have nothing, you can be an atheist, uh, you can be a seeker, 
You can be a Taoist. You can be a Toltec. You can be whatever you are. Because my message is not about religion. My message is about God. A God that infuses every one of those religions. But a God that is not infused by our human sense of inadequacy and belief that we are not enough. But a God who sees that we are enough. And is there always working to give us a divinely inspired life. And when we stop comparing divinely inspired lives and we start living them, amazing things can happen. So when we are the student, we are experiencing this. Jesus had invited Mac to step out and walk on water. Mac laughed more out of nerves than anything. To be sure, he asked one more time, you want me to walk on the water on the other side? That is what you're saying, right? You're a quick one, Mac. Nobody's going to slide anything past you, that's for sure. Come on, it's fun, he laughed. Mac walked to the edge of the dock and looked down. The water lapped only about a foot below where he stood, but it might as well have been 100 feet. The distance, excuse me, amazing, reading a book, holding a phone, I I don't know, maybe I can chew gum too right now. Um, How funny that I'm having this problem, but the distance looked enormous. To dive in would have been easy. He could have done that a thousand times, but how do you step off a deck onto the water? Do you jump as if you are landing on concrete, or do you just step over the edge like you were getting out of a boat? He looked back at Jesus, who was still chuckling. Peter had the same problem. How to get out of the boat? It's just like stepping off a foot, one foot high stair. Nothing to it. Will my feet get wet, queried Matt? Of course, water is still wet. Again, Mac looked down at the water and back at Jesus. Then why is this so hard for me? Tell me what you're afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What am I afraid of, began Mac. Well, I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. I'm afraid that you are making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that exactly Jesus interrupted, you imagine. Such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us. But without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or the past or the future? Well, said Matt, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? Jesus chuckled. Relax, Max. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, Ray. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time in your mind 
in your imagination, in the present, in the past, or in the future. Max thought for a moment before answering, I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the rest of the time I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people, when I dwell with you, I do so in the present. May I repeat that, please? When I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present. I need to say it a third time, my friends. When I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present, not the past, although much may be remembered and learned by looking back, but only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future you visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? My friends, how often do you imagine your day accompanied by God? Continuing, again, Max stopped and thought it was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future, and in his imagination, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And Jesus was also correct in saying that in Max's imagination of the future, God was always absent. Why do I do that, asked Mac. It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you cannot control. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real, nor will it ever be real. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming in reality, and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. Yeah, that's basically what God was saying to me, responded Mac. God also, Mac also had a visit with God. So why do I have so much fear in my life? Because you don't believe. You don't know that we love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in God's love. I am not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, but imagined fears, and especially the projection of those into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe I am good nor know deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. 
My friends, how many days do you take God along as your companion? How much time do you spend talking, thinking, living things that occurred in the past, whether good or bad? I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever dated a man who was a quarterback in high school who hasn't told me that. I'm pretty old. So are they. The glory days. Sure. They have a wonderful place in our life as memories and stories to uplift the moment. But I have equal contact with my friends whose days are the ugly, sad, someone done me wrong days. And they also take up the moment, consume those people with talking about yesterdays when yesterdays are done. For a brief moment, I'd like you to think of something that happened this last week, just this last week that made you sad. And now I would like you, with that thought in your mind, to change it. Change what happened and make that event not have occurred. Now you may have created villains about it. Ignore those villains for a moment. Let us say, for this moment, you have all the powers you need over the villain. You are in perfect spot to manipulate a different result. But can you change what happened? No. It's done. You can change what happened no more than you can move a stop sign that is in front of you on the road. Because both are immobile. They are done. You can change the sign. You can move forward in life and something different may come to pass, but I can assure you, you will not get there if you try to do so by victimizing, villainizing, and deviling, making someone the devil for what has happened. But you can do that, and those will be your life lessons. And while you are doing those things, you will be the student, learning to know and believe that God loves you. And that God has a plan for you. And that sometimes things don't work out as you want because there is growth in that. Growth in your life, growth in your dreams, growth in the direction of your life. Not because you hang around in that fetid soil like the dinosaurs at the Brea Tar Pits, but because you step out and say, God, what lesson is there in this for me because I do not want to live in the past. I am leaving this to you. I am asking for your guidance in the present so that I can move forward from this moment. 
more in the light, more aware, more enlightened. And then, as you do that, you will become a teacher of how to deal with life. You will move from being the student to at peace in accepting that everything is not necessarily going to be as you want it to be. And now making the best of it. We have very little time left and I'm torn between telling you the story of Ishmael or reading the four agreements. I'm going to opt for Ishmael. Some of you who've been listening to my program for a long time have heard this story before. You've heard the passage from the shack before. But maybe today you will hear it with new ears. Or today you will have an aha moment. Today you will move from being a student to being a teacher. Because my friends, if each and every one of you can go out and deliver the message that we are hearing today from God, that we are loved, that we are valuable, and that no matter what religion you choose to live, if you live that with love, if you live that with the highest esteem and you live it teaching and knowing that you are never alone, that you are not praying in expectation, but you are praying in realization, I am loved. The story of Ishmael is the one the rabbi taught me. I left the Christian faith for a while. Now I'm all things, I believe. I left because I was very disappointed in what I perceived to be judgments, and especially judgments about women. And I thought, of course, that maybe the next phase for me uh, was Judaism. And I learned... I went to have lessons from an Orthodox Jewish rabbi who lived in Beverly Hills. Um, the first day he said he could teach me because he was so old no one would think there was anything untoward in an old man teaching a woman. His wife came in to smile at me and that is exactly what she did as I was introduced and she was beautiful. And I was honored. I don't know how many women the rabbi taught. He taught me well until I realized that even in Judaism, when he gave me a cookbook, was when I realized that even in Judaism, I was a second-class messenger. He gave me a name. And normally the name is is Ruth, but uh, my name was not Ruth. It was Miriam, the sister of Moses. And what is the story of Ishmael? Ishmael, uh, one day a very rich merchant went to the um, rabbi and he asked the rabbi to teach him to deal with suffering. 
And the rabbi said, I can't teach you to deal with suffering, but I know who can, Ishmael can. And so the merchant in all of his finery set out to find Ishmael. And he came upon a hut in a piece of forest. And there was upon that hut, upon that land, excuse me, a a man who was crippled, who could not walk well. There were children everywhere. And the merchant went up to Ishmael and said, Ishmael, uh, I'm looking for Ishmael. Do you know where I can find Ishmael? And to shark, stock, stark, stark, shock. The man who was crippled said, I am Ishmael. And the merchant was taken back and he said, well, you know, uh, the rabbi said that I should come talk to you. But before they got to the subject of hand, they talked a bit, and pretty soon Ishmael's wife came to the door, and she invited everybody in for lunch. It was time to eat. And Ishmael insisted that his new guest come in. And as they all went in to this hovel, there was only one chair, and it was the chair of honor, and Ishmael insisted that his guest sit in that chair. And in the middle of the floor was a pot with one potato in it. And as Ishmael's wife dished up the food, she gave Ishmael's friend the potato. And everyone else graciously accepted the potato water and sopped it up with bread, and they ate. And when the meal was over, Ishmael said to his guest, but you haven't told me, why would the rabbi ask you to come see me? And the wealthy merchant looked at Ishmael and he said, the rabbi believes that you can teach me to deal with suffering. And Ishmael looked at the merchant and said, me? Oh, the rabbi has made a mistake. I know nothing of suffering. Look around. I have beautiful children, a fantastic house with a wife that cooks such good food, and we have enough to share with our new friend. Suffering. I don't know. Live in the moment, my friend. Bring yourself into the time of now. Focus on being your highest self. And when you are not, refocus. Be the student, be the teacher. No matter which, you are loved unconditionally by an ever-present God. You are never alone. I will be back next week. I'm unsure what we're talking about. I know that we picked a topic about six weeks ago or so, so whatever that is is what we will talk about. But I know this. As sure as the sun will come up tomorrow, God is with you now. God is with you always. Recognize God and know the peace and joy of that connection. 
Give yourself three minutes, no matter where you are, even in a traffic jam. God is in the car with you. God is on the road with you. God is in the room with you. Namaste until next week. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.